Good evening and welcome along to the latest edition of the Endless Celts podcast. I'm joined tonight by Stephen and Gavin, one of the, the jungle gyms that have jumped on with us and got to be coming, well, it's got to be a prominent fixture with us and that, how, how he's both doing tonight. All good, all good, mate. Looking forward to getting stuck in. Good. Aye, good, mate. Good, mate. Um, I look forward to it uh, close to Christmas, but um, aye, I've, got, I've got still plenty of shit to do for shopping and stuff like that. So tomorrow, <laughs> but tonight, I'm chilling. Aye, can before the storm. Uh, see, I'm, exactly. I'm your typical male. I've, I'm going to be as excited as the Wayne's at Christmas because I don't know what we've got in it. Um, I've not even wrapped a present yet, so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Do you ever see them? Do you ever see them like memes on like Instagram and YouTube, where it's like when the husband acts as shocked as the kids because <laughs> you don't know what I, there is? <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be me. That'll be me on Monday morning. That'll be me as excited as them. But anyway, I'll just welcome along to some of the folk in the comments in that Corvo, Joe. That looks like a new name. I've not seen him about Jed. Well, another new member, Stephen Coltart. Uh, San Fran, Monte, the Green Brigade are back. They are. We'll go. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, but before we kind of go, I'll just kind of pass you over to Stephen and now. He'll he'll kind of do the super six and then our wee Christmas advent calendar thing that you're doing, Stephen. Perfect. So the super six at the moment is looking like Kieran still out in front at first place. Anthony staying in second. Alistair Dax moved up on the third. Mark Robertson's dropped the fourth. Stephen Coulthard's fifth. Kevin Hamsey, 6th, Joe Finley, 7th, Brian Taylor's jumped up 2 to 8th, and finishing off the top 9 is William, one of her own, who's enjoying a concert tonight in Derry, seeing his favourite uh, singer as it's his birthday. So happy birthday to William as well. Mm-hmm. Also, in work today, someone thought it'd be funny to give me a secret Santa of this. <laughs> Incredible, <laughs> isn't it? They actually took the time to get me out of a photograph and stick me at that shithole. But yeah, it was all fun. And then also the advent calendar for our endless Celts. It's 20 seconds. This is a former Celtic player, number 22. Can you guess who he is? If you can, I'll start your comment and bring it up at the end of the podcast. But other than that, Franny, feels like a real real shoulder. Back over to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, cheers, Stephen. Aye, well, we'll just kind of just get in it. We'll kind of just briefly talking on the, the European Super League. We'll just kind of bring that up, just in the fact that obviously Celtic, it was... Came out that FIFA and uh, UEFA were were wrong to try and stop it, I think, and stuff. So obviously the chat behind it all came back up. Celtic then released a statement amongst about fifty million teams, just said they're no, not really interested in it. I don't think that's any great surprise when you consider Peter Wall's position in UEFA. He kind of come in probably in favour of it because I don't know how that would work with his own uh, within UEFA. Just quickly come to yourself, Gavin. I say we'll not go too much into it, but. What's your whole thoughts in the, the European Super League and that? And would you welcome? Would you welcome it? It's difficult to give a straight answer. What I would say is, I think the tradition of football is extremely important. Um, I like the for, for a Celtic fan to be able to say that we won the European Cup. Obviously, that's now in the guise of the, the Champions League nowadays, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still the same equivalent. I would take for football. Because of commercial reasons to transform so much that past achievements can't be comparable to today's football. Um, I think that the court was right to make that to make that announcement that, that FIFA and UEFA cannot ban clubs from from wanting to, to do the breakaway. So I agree with that that verdict. But at the same time, do I want to see clubs do that? Probably not. Probably not. 
Um, I don't want to see football turned upside down. However, at the same time, I think those governing bodies like FIFA and um, and UEFA need to be put in their place. I think that they've they've demonstrated themselves over the years how corrupt they are, and they've got no business mandating to 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 world football what they can and cannot do. Um, it'd be good if clubs can work in harmony with the the governing bodies, but whenever people get too big for their boots, like, like FIFA and UEFA, for example, they're introducing new new tournaments new games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and saying that the drive to do that is because player salaries are getting higher and higher and higher oh, so that's yeah, yeah. creating new competitions to fund this and it, it, the, the, the player salaries are going up and up and up so i get why they do that but things need to be settled down and i think they need to be put in a place and i guess that that court verdict has done that and um, it'd be great if people can work in harmony in terms of celtic like what if the, the, the opportunity to k- came up that we could break away from, from Scotland and, you know, participate in a, in a broader league in, in Europe? Um, would we say no to that? Probably not. We would keep our options open. I understand mm-hmm. what, you, what you're saying about Peter Lawwell, where he will say that. Um, so I guess that, that's a, a kind of mixed response. Um, I, I love tradition and also fans have got so much power and things like that. And if, you, if a club goes against a fan base, then you will certainly see, you, you'll get your comeuppance. You saw that in, in England, especially whenever the fans demonstrated. And um, maybe one day we could see that in Scotland, but that, that's a, a distant day from, from right now. Um, it's an interesting one, but I think the most important thing is that UEFA and FIFA have been put in their place. I know, no, I totally agree. And I think you make a, a couple of good points. I just want to bring up Corvos. He's saying he would love Celtic to go down to, to the EPL and stuff. I just didn't see that happening. The, this European Super League could be, not obviously the APL, Stephen, but it's a way of kind of getting, maybe sort of Celtic pushing, sort of getting obviously that glass ceiling and stuff and going up the levels and stuff if you've gone to the Super League. My only concern where it would be is the fact that it's, and it's sort of the guys, it was invite only. You couldn't get relegated, couldn't get promoted. So it's kind of a, a sort of a closed shop at how they would kind of, sell it now, I, I don't know. I, I think Gavin makes a good point as well. Where, I mean, you look at this Club World Cup in the new format, that's kind of just the European Super League, a bit on steroids. It's just all the best teams in the world. Well, it's mm-hmm. got to be just all these teams, uh, 32 teams, I think it is, a summer tournament. And I, again, I think Gavin makes a good point with the whole it's player, player, salar- player salaries is driving more games of football. Like We'll talk about players getting fatigued, but then the day, they've got to keep playing this money. People have got to got to try and have to make football's got to have to try and make money to to subsidise these wages. So I think Gavin is bang on the money with some of that. But how how do you kind of? I mean, even the Champions League, I think that's almost like the European Super I League. I think that we were talking mm-hmm. about. But what's your real thoughts on it? And that Stephen, would you would you be welcome Celtic going out or that if it came? Well, on? I'm open. I'm open to anything. I, f- I think we've had the discussion for a long time about Celtic breaking away from from Scottish football. And we're always open to dialogue and talking about that, whether it's England or the, the rumours about the Atlantic League and, and all that type of stuff, and like teams like Rosenberg, Ajax, and I know Belgium, Holland, that they're talking about merging the two leagues. I think that's actually something that may come to fruition in the future. So trying to refresh competition and, and also boost Celtic's stand within world football is, I think, a win-win for me. <laughs> Regardless of that, I think we have to park the opinion that the football's lost its morals and its greedy because it is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Every league... Every 
every company who owns a football club, every state that owns a football club want to make money and want to have the most money that they can. And Celtic, to be honest, with £72 million in the bank is probably one of them clubs as well. So the morality side of things isn't really an issue. It's an issue for supporters, but not people who own the clubs and, and put stakes and, and invest in the club. They want to make as much money as they can back at Love Football Club. So the, the, the reason I think Celtic done that statement, and you're right, Franny, is because Peter Lawwell's the face chair of the ECA board. And look, it was quite funny that they were quick to put out statements about that, but ignore other things that go on within the football club for months and months and months, which we'll, we'll come on to. They're very quick to, to, to squash any type of suggestion that we might be going to that league. If it happens, at the end of the day, it happens. And I think EFA and FIFA can't dominate or, or monopolize football anymore. If there's going to be a breakaway organization, then so be it. And if, I thought the, the, the court stuck, like Gavin said, made the right choice on that one because at the end of the day, FIFA are expanding the Club World Cup. UEFA are expanding the Champions League. And this is all the combat and put measures oh. against the Super League. So, I mean, this isn't because they've got with some bright idea and thought, look, we'll, we'll do this and we'll do that. No, they, they've absolutely crapped the bed because they know, fine rightly, that there's clubs like Juventus, like Real Madrid, like Barcelona, who are putting their weight behind the Super League. And yeah, the, the clubs I mentioned, there's probably more for financial reason because they're in debt and they're struggling. But uh, again, as I said, if Celtic are... An, an, invited to one of these competitions and, and led to believe it's going to coincide with the league. Highlight will work with the Champions League. Maybe that, that'll have to be scrapped. And like Gavin like said, if it doesn't lose any prestige or we don't lose history in certain tournaments, and I'm all for it. It's, we need to think outside the box. And we have the discussion a lot about us moving leagues and merging with England. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia with the, I mean, entertainment world, with boxing, with wrestling, with UFC and, and all that. It's, Money dominates it now. Money dominates entertainment as a whole, and football falls under that category. And if Celtic can benefit somehow, and that increases our spend and transfers, that increases our global reach and increases our wage capability, then we shouldn't be close to the idea. My tradition as a Celtic fan, I'll always love playing in the Scottish League. I'll always love winning the Scottish League. I'll love winning doubles and trebles and the players who are part of them teams and managers. But at the end of the day, I think our aspirations should be outside of Scotland. And the only way for me we're going to see Celtic improve in any European front is by doing that consistently and being outside of Scottish football. It's a pie-in-the-sky idea. Craig Levine, what's he on about? I'd love to see the, the, the Glasgow clubs down in England, but pay us £100 million each season. How about you take a, your face for a shit big man? You're only back in the Scottish League two minutes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's speaking nonsense. Craig, Craig you know, Levine's a guy you know that Fucking six at the back. Of a 4-6-0 for me, it's like a Czech Republic. Uh, but my, I, I just want to be clear, if we can gain out of it, I'm all for it. And I know it's invite only, but I think they're going to change that again. I think it's supporter part in that one. That, that changes mm-hmm. them rules. And I know they're all about gold, silver and blue. And you can, you can bet your bottom dollar any of them competitions would give you more money than the Scottish League does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, nah, it's, and it's it's funny you mentioned Saudi. Jed Thomas is saying, "Don't we be surprised if the money's coming for Saudi Arabia to fund a supply?" Exactly. Honestly, would not surprise me one bit if they're if they're they talking about golf. It's, they're doing it with golf, partner. I well, they've, they've essentially bought golf. They're on route to buying boxing at the end of the day. Mm. Bought boxing without actually doing it, and it wouldn't be surprised me if they do that. It's a way, it's a way into the into European football. I feel like I, I believe in. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Saudi hold. Maybe the Europa League, certainly the Champions League final one point very, very soon because it's just, like I say, money. Money talks at the end of the day and player wages is just getting astronomical now. And well, what do you think? Somehow. I, I, I would love to... 
I'd love to say I'm against it, Stephen. Would really love to say I'm against it. I think it's easy, for me. It's an easy question to say. I wouldn't go for it now. Mm. But then, after the question did come up and the money involved is silly money, and it's obviously a way to, for Celtic to get better and things like that. I think I'd I'd be all for it, Stephen. It's one of them. It's morals go out the window at the end of the day. Morals go out the window. Do you guys know? So they describe like three leagues: the the gold, blue, and something. Yeah, silver. Yeah. So, like, how does it work? Because traditionally, in, in European football, Pass. you've had like you've had three trophies. So it used to be the mm-hmm. the European Cup, the Cup winners, and the UEFA. And now, mm-hmm. in today's guys, it's uh, Champions League, the Europa, and the Conference. So, is it is a sporting meritocracy where if you're in the, the blue league, then you get promoted, or do you do, do you win a cup? And then you get promoted, and and that's like the, the the version of the conference. I don't I don't get it. The, the, uh, I, I, one thing I will say is I hate a closed shop. You know how like in, uh, mm-hmm. in the MLS, um, well you can't get relegated. Um, it's just franchises. You, you can do piss poor, but next year is another day. You know you can just start again. I hate that. I, I think that there should be repercussions for success and for failure in, in football. Mm-hmm. Aye, so I, I what I've seen of it, Gavin, what I've seen of it, I've seen a wee video, I think it was yesterday, it was going around Twitter. Basically, the, the, the free competitions, it starts with gold, silver and blue. And I think it's all based on performance. Obviously, in the gold category, you're going to have your Barcelona, your Real Madrid, your Uniteds. I think that's probably invitation on, on their front. But I think see, the other leagues are... Sam, there's, see what San Francisco did, it's in two finalists get promoted. Yeah. Is that, like, two finals, did they play like a playoff thing or something? Like, so I think in that... League or something? I probably said look think, down at this when I was going to talk about it. Eh? I, I think it necessarily works as in, for example, if you're in the blue, the blue chip competition, if you finish in a certain place or, or your points tallies up there with the best, you can get a chance of being promoted. Silver as well. But if you perform badly in gold, you're dropped into silver, vice versa. So it's it's like a mini league in an essence that runs through throughout, throughout the season. And listening on talk sport, again for my sins. It's apparently meant to be astronomical money for finishing fifth, oh, sixth, and seventh. Do you know what I mean? So, at, at the end of the day, look, we all can't sit here, sit around and say we'd be interested in that. I know we all love the Scottish football aspect of things, but we always moan and and go on year after year about Celtic spending more money. And this is the avenue for me that we can do something like that. In. You're right. You're right, Stephen. Uh, not totally. Thank you, Gavin. In the Irish jersey, <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, he's got he's getting a bit of love for that jersey. It's a it's a great jersey. It's a, a cracker, top. isn't it? Retro tops are well in this, these days. Absolutely. My well favorite in. tournament, the nineteen ninety four World Cup. My favorite ever tournament. Well, I may as well tell you since you've brought it up. See how obviously Ireland opened that tournament against Italy. Yes. Right scored. So I was I was ten at the time, and that's probably my first major tournament I can properly remember, like World Cup or uh, European Championships. I thought Ireland won the, the World Cup after that game. Because <laughs> of the celebrations. I, <laughs> I just thought they had won it after that. <laughs> so uh, it's quite funny how you're wearing that top, but I know. Without, without digressing, that tournament was the first time I'd ever seen Henrik Larsson. Uh, he played for Sweden, and obviously it was, it, it was so obviously conspicuous with the blonde dreadlocks. Um, that, that was the first time I'd ever saw Henrik. So whenever we signed him three years later, I, I, I could actually say, yeah, I've seen that guy before. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. I won a cup. I just scored a diving header against Bulgaria, did you know? No, oh, that was in the Euros. A few. Was that Euros? Oh, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I, uh, he scored in the playoff. In the playoff. So Sweden won the third place. They beat mm. Bulgaria, but it wasn't a diving header. He took it around the keeper and scored. Mm. 
Colin, three to two, right? Three to two, right? <laughs> I was only ten. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we'll we'll move on, and before we kind of talk about the the big elephant in the room, the Green Brigade, we'll talk about. Obviously, it came out the other day that again, I don't think it was any great surprise that there's got to be no away fans in, in the derby match and in the thirtieth and thing things. Like that. I, I think that was always going to happen. Um, we could we can go on all day how it how it happened. Rangers try and rewrite history and take the moral high ground and say that it was nothing to do with them why we are in this situation and stuff. Celtic obviously released a statement on the back of that. Um I think I might be right in saying that this last season I think Celtic were kind of cute in what they've done to try and get the full allocation back saying look we want full allocation or nothing for sa- for safety grounds within like the seven hundred. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Rangers rejected that because well, they can't have sell a lot of the empty season tickets. But you could obviously maybe go down the European allocation and things like that. Like Stephen, what's your whole whole thoughts on it? Where where is your head? At? Were, you, were you surprised that there was no Rangers fans? I think it, I don't for me only. Well, let's be honest. Rangers cannot take the moral high ground on any issue revolving football. Oh, I know they're trying to pretend, but they can't pretend. We know the facts and we know why. They stopped the full allocation because they were fed up of our club celebrating at their ground after smashing them up on numerous occasions. And see, at the end of the day, it should be full allocation or nothing. Single-handedly, they've managed to kill the atmosphere of the game at away grounds for both clubs because of their, their selfish entitlement, which they think they're entitled to. And that's total bollocks, by the way, because they should be, or they shouldn't be anywhere near the league. They should be just gone, in my opinion. But it's... I think that, that the full allocation thing should be reinstated as quick as possible. It, it, it definitely should. Whether it's for the TV side of things or even for the ordinary fan, because I think it takes away from the match day experience. And I've seen Gordon Strachan coming out and saying that he agrees with it because it's, we sing nonsense songs. See, it, just give up, man. So, I mean, it, it's the atmosphere. It's going to be toxic. toxic. It's the, the biggest derby in the world, the Glasgow derby. It's world-renowned. And, yeah, whether it's world-renowned for hatred and things, it's only... 90 minutes of football, then it's done. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a famous game for a reason. Two clubs going at it in Glasgow, and I just think it's took away from it that, that this um, allocation is cut. And I wanted all the allocation at, at Ibrox during the season. It didn't happen. We, we didn't do it for safety reasons. Because, I mean, them fans are penned in that wee corner, getting coins, buckfast battles, piss thrown at them in certain occasions of things. And even within the, the stadium, Joe Hart with a glass bottle in, in his box and the physio being hit and and all that, they don't get punished for them things. Do you know what I mean? It's madness. And then Celtic are just well within the rights to reject them coming to our ground because at the end of the day, it's it's not going to be one for you and a different rule for us. Celtic want the full allocation back. Celtic have been open about that. And for some reason, they're reneging on it. And like you said, the European allocations, you've seen 2,000 Farnold fans at our ground and they've accepted thousands of fans in, from European clubs into their ground. So I don't understand why that they can't do it uh, for us as well. And it enhances the game and also for the players too. It gives them an extra edge and it's, it's much like what we're going to talk about later with the Green Brigade. Just taking that wee experience away from, from the, the match in general, I just think downplays what it actually is. No, I totally agree with you. And I think, like, I, I know in an ideal world, I think the full allocation would be great, Gavin, but as I say, I think they've sold, Celtic's probably done the same, sold a lot of the tickets to season ticket holders, so... Hmm. Logistically, and how you make that happen to tell a person, oh, by the way, you can't renew your season ticket next season because we're getting it to essentially getting it to Rangers or Celtic, vice versa. It's it's not a great sell for the club. 
either club in that manner, but the European allocations is maybe a happy medium because you've got to keep X amount of tickets for the fixtures. And I think you, you touched on a good point as well, Stephen, when you mentioned about the loop for the game. Like, let's not be daft sky by the Scottish game for the four games. But mm-hmm. The other games are a to- token fixtures for them. I, I don't like talking down the league. I think we as a, but you're right. we as a podcast, we, we, do, <clears throat> we do try and big up our league and stuff for no... Like a, Fucking the Ross County manager that came, I can't remember his name. That's just slated two games in that eye. What's all that about? And I just think as a spectacle, it's not a good look not to see any away fans. I don't know where you are sitting with Gavin. I agree. I agree. Um, Stephen made like all the right points. It's kind of difficult for me to to offer to a, a original a viewpoint. I'm kind of like piggybacking off a lot of the points that Stephen said. Um, Jump on, mate. There's plenty of room. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, mate. Thank you. And uh, 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 growing up in the nineties, um, I was fortunate enough to have a, a season ticket. Well, <laughs> that's a, a kind of <laughs> depends how you look at that. Eh? And, yeah, exactly. In the nineties, I thought there was a lot of heartache. Um, <clears throat> whenever you had the full allocation uh, for for the old Rangers fans, um, it was it, whenever they scored and whenever they were. Um, uh, winning games at Parkhead, it was the most gut-wrenching, horrible thing to to, to to witness. You wouldn't leave your seat, but you, you would stay till the end. But to see them celebrating, to, to be so gleeful, uh, us getting beat, you know, every time that we played them, it was horrible to see. But whenever um, our fortunes changed and we started showing signs of beating them and being able to, to get better and better season on season, um, whenever we, we witnessed those games, like the, the 5-1 game, for example, um uh, when Maravchik scored two goals and he never really knew what was going on. But mm. us as fans, we went absolutely mental because that was one of the first times in the 90s where we had that opportunity to, to for the tables had turned. And it, it was beautiful. You need to take the rough with the smooth. Exactly. It was, it was so kind of crystallised where you had the full allocation for, for Rangers back then. But now it's reducing and reducing. And now we're in this kind of horrible, horrible um, stalemate where it's tit for tat and you sound ridiculous whenever you say, well, they started it first. However, mm-hmm. when it comes to businesses saying that, then it's not as pathetic if it's a brother and sister saying, well, he started it, then that, that sounds ridiculous. But when it's, when it's businesses and money at stake, especially like Sky plowing the money into the the, old, the the Celtic and Rangers games has been the main spectacle in the, in the, the league, but the way that it's it's kind of diminished so much, then it'd be great to go back to it. The other point that you make was whenever Celtic have, have sold uh, season ticket season tickets at Parkhead, which would um, stop us going back to the full allocation. Of course, Rangers have done that as well. And that's almost like a concession from us to say, well, it's never going to go back. The the European allocation, if we can do that, yeah, I, I would I, I would I would be happy with that. Um, that would still bring a, a great atmosphere. But for the, the, the Celtic and final game, you, you saw how many that the, the, yep. they brought along. And that was that was a sizable support. Whenever they scored, they were kind of quiet all night, I thought, to be honest. I was expecting more from them. Whenever they scored, uh, they erupted. And that's the atmosphere that you should have, whether you like it or not. So I want to go back to what we can go back to. What can we go back to? That probably the, the European allocation. Um, and yeah, it's fucking pathetic. You know, like, the, the Scottish League, you know, as what it is, the product, we, we shoot ourselves in the foot year on year, we talk it down. That was the one thing that 
that people down in England would watch, that people abroad would watch, and it's getting worse and worse. But Stephen's right, it was Rangers who started it, and for Celtic to take the moral high ground, can we be sure that that would be reciprocated? Mm-hmm. What's the benefits of us taking the moral high ground if they don't reciprocate? That would be unthinkable. And we can't, is there any kind of legal recourse to, to, to enforce them to, to do that? Contract. I don't think there is, but is it? Because I think they're obviously given the minimum or the, the minimum they must give the now. So I think Gavin's right. It's we could then offer up even just the allocation, the European one, and they can come back and uh, just give us seven hundred. But would that not be a league issue as well? I mean, if I know he does a crap job, yes, but if you're Lee, if you're Lee Doncaster, ask, I, I, I was kind of just got to ask Gavin that. Just if do you think the league should get involved? I should have probably got involved sooner, but. Do you think they should get involved? Can they get involved? Do they have enough gravitas to do that? Do they have the Do they have the authority to do that? If they do have the authority, maybe they should. Um, but if they don't have the authority, then I don't think that they've got the influence to to get the two two parties together and and hammer out a, a reasonable um, compromise. I don't think they've they've got that. Doncaster, does he does he really have any any weight? Does he carry weight behind them? I don't think he does. Nah. We should probably yeah, I mean, make attempts. I should should make attempts. I think the league should try and get involved, Stephen, but I think Gavin's right. Probably only. Well, I mean, he sells his, the Scottish TV rights for buy one, get one free. He's a shambles. He shouldn't be running the, the league at all. Yeah. Like, and I, I think for myself, if Gavin's 100%, if they were authoritarian and actually held to a fist over, over the clubs, then maybe they could get involved. But the fact of that certain clubs away with loads of things and if they start pulling rank now then you're going to get revolts you're going to get them the way they negated on the the cinch remember the cinch thing they didn't take part in that and still got the money and all that type of stuff it's the scottish leagues is shambles from top to bottom we could sit here and have a full podcast about it like it's mm-hmm. anything to make the league better they, they go the exact opposite way and it's there's no forward thinking or forward planning and the ticket allocation should be something that a, a, a figurehead like doncaster should get involved in to, to try and get that back up to, to, to what uh, the allocation should be. Because you're right, Franny, the TV companies, whether we like it or not, they only bat for one reason only, and that's the Derby games. They're not they're not banned to watch Ross County play Inverness on a Tuesday night up in, up in the Highlands. No, they're, they're banned for the cut and thrust of the, the Glasgow Derby games and the supposed title rates. And yes, we are in one, but I mean previously in the years. And it's just, they should get it back. But when's that ever going to happen? When they put their toys back in the pram, we start winning again, the throw the toys out the pram. I know. I mean, I, I, I'm with Gavin as well. Like, I just, I've kind of tried to argue sometimes, saying maybe Celtics should try and be the bigger person if you like in this. But I just, I think it's a massive risk, and I don't think they would reciprocate it at all. I don't think you can see them. It's I don't think you can paint our neck in them. So for me, I don't think it would embarrass them if we if we even gave them like three and a half thousand or what, and they just gave us seven hundred. But we'll, no, we'll kind of just we'll, we'll put that to the side as well, and we'll get talking about the the elephant in the room. I don't know if it's actually official yet, but I think it's it's unofficially official. I've, I've not seen any, as much as Celtic was putting out, turning into a wee bit of Rangers and turning into Statement FC. Well, it is, it is official. Brendan Rodgers said it was press conference. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers has said it was. I just expected something for Celtic to say that they'd be back and obviously the the Green Brigade or the North Curve is their known. Um, the, even their sort of Twitter post, it was... It never really said it, it. It was saying they were back without saying they were back. But I'll come mm. to yourself first, 
first guard, and I, I feel Stephen's been waiting on this. I, I, it surprises me. Like, I, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of the some of the stuff the Green Brigade do. We'll, we'll maybe get into that and stuff, but it surprises me how long it's taken to to get fan to get essentially fans back into the ground, paying fans whether whether they like them or not. I'll, I'm not got to sit here and pretend to be the Green Brigade's biggest fan, but I think the length of time it's taken to come to some sort of resolution, I think is shocking when I don't know if these fans will be reimbursed. I appreciate you can uh, there was reasons behind why there were uh, their tickets were sort of suspended and things like that. There's mm-hmm. you can't just get free rain at the end of the day. Um but I still think it should have maybe been dealt with quicker. I think the board who maybe got a bit of support out of this, surprisingly maybe the board got a, a, a bit of support and I think maybe the support they got maybe shocked them a wee bit and I don't know if that's kind of shot themselves in the foot because they thought they could just ride it out and hope that it would kind of go away and I think I think the length of time it's taken has actually played in the Green Brigade's favour. I think the sack the board chance last week while Green Brigade must have been sitting there going, by God, we weren't expecting this, but this is absolutely brilliant. We're meant to be the section of fans that the board don't like, and here's a stadium singing to sackers. Mm-hmm. And that kind of surprises me that then the most vocal sort of a supporters group, if you like, within the stadium, who like a wee display, the first game, first home game, or the next game of football after that, they're in that stadium. I think tomorrow could be very interesting. It, it could actually... I don't know if the board are maybe thinking, well, if we get the Green Brigade back in, all the sack, the board stuff will go away. You just don't know how they folk are thinking at the end of the day. But off the back of the chance last week, I didn't think we'll see the Green Brigade for a wee while. Like, I don't know where you're aware of Gavin. I don't know what angle to approach this one from. It's a, it's a juicy, juicy subject. I don't, it is. From what you say, Stephen has obviously got, got his own thoughts. And I don't know which side he sits on. Um, I hate to see Celtic fans polarised so much and I think that that's what we've seen. Um, in terms of the Green Brigade coming back I think we needed them back um, however they shouldn't have carte blanche to, to act however they want to behave um, I, they've definitely got something to offer um, of course the, the, the TIFOs um, the, and, and the, 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 the really really sad fact is, is that whether it's society and obviously football can a manner society, in my opinion. But the, the way that it's not in the 90s anymore, the way that, that the Celtic Park is, uh, we have gotten silent, you know, but we don't sing as much. Um, mm-hmm. I don't sing. I go to the games and I don't sing. And does that make me a bad Celtic fan? No, I don't think it does. But I'm holding my hands up and let, where I sit, it's, it's, it's like the choir section. Uh, sorry, it's the, it's like the, um, the, 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 the family section where nobody really shouts at all, and that—that's in the south stand. Mm-hmm. We need, we need the the fans to sing, and unfortunately, it's undeniable that the Green Brigade provide that. You've got the boys at the opposite end; they mm-hmm. obviously they, they 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 chip in as well. But the Green Brigades bring so much to the games, so I'm going to try not to waffle with this one. But no, it's we, we need them. Without them, we suffer. I guess another thing is the timing of it. We, as a, as a, for, for the, 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 the playing squads, the forum right now will went off the rails. To have two domestic is, is, is atrocious. It's, 
people are going to question Brendan Rogers. And we've got uh, the Celtic and Rangers Derby looming um, at the end of this month. And we need all the help that we can get. And of course, that support is going to bring a lot. Um, the, the stalemate, though, between the board and the, the Green Brigade, let's remember it's only like um, 267 individuals who have registered at Section 111 as the Green Brigade. Between them and the board, the board were always going to win, but I think that the board have buckled. But then I'm, I'm wondering, what are the Green Brigade going to do? Are they going to, are they going to rub it in their faces? Are they going to double down? I don't know. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. Now, the, 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 the board have said that they've, they've came to an agreement with the fans. The fans have ceded grounds um, because of the, 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 the transgressions that they've committed. But have they really? Have they really? I don't know. Are they going to double down on the, the Palestinian front as well? And I totally, I, I truly believe that the ban was all about that banner on um, the, yes. the day after. Yes. <laughs> My mom. My mom, yes. The board had them for um, pyrotechnics, Russian turnstiles, forcing open the fire exits, illegally gaining access to Celtic Park. They had them by the balls and they were cute enough to use those those reasons to ban them when it was always about the Palestinian flags. Now, whenever you're on a podcast, sometimes I, fe I felt hesitant to talk about issues like this. What I would say is, I felt I felt that the Green Brigade were wrong to display that banner the day after those attacks by Hamas. Mm -hmm. I, I felt it showed a lack of sophistication for a very very delicate subject. Could have handled mm -hmm. it differently, but they doubled down whenever they said victory to the resistance. Now whether they meant just the Palestinian cause, but the optics of that across the world, it could be perceived as we align with Hamas. Mm -hmm. That's the optics. And it's open to people's perception. I felt it, it required sophistication. And with their schoolboy politics, I felt that they fucked it up. And I think that's why the boards have banned them. And that's where the position we are right now. We needed them back. They're back right now. But what happens now? So I guess, Stephen, what's your thoughts? I know. I'm just going to I want to believe that... They, they banned them up for all the reasons they gave, but the timing of it isn't great. Off the back of the Palestinian flags, the message, I, th I think you're bang on, Gavin, what you said about about the nature of the message, the timing of the message. It could be, a, 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 I don't want to call them uneducated because they're clearly, clearly educated to an extent and the, it's not like this is a, flying the Palestinian flags for the Green Brigade is not a one-off thing. It's 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 not even a yearly thing. It's pretty continuous. It's pretty. It's, We've been doing it since the seventies, I think. I, I think certainly the the Green Brigade. Anyway, I think there's always at least one other, one one flag nearly at every game. Anyway, so it's not like, and obviously do a lot of great work, not just for the the Palestinian cause when it comes to charity and funding. They do it for many many things. As much as I have my gripes with the Green Brigade, I'll never. I'll never try and take a pop shot at them for any charity work. I, I wouldn't do that for anybody. Anybody that's willing to get their free time, kudos to them at the end of the day. Um, and I, 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 for me, Stephen, I think it is a wee bit interesting, the nature of how we are playing. Do you mm -hmm. think, for me, I don't, maybe it's just a wee cynic in me, do you think if maybe performances were better, um, results were better, do you think the Green Brigade would be back tomorrow, or do you think they would? I, I think 
like Gavin said, the performances haven't been great. I think this is Celtic are Celtic are well aware of the, the optics are we they need a they need a boost. This is one way of potentially doing it. I mean, I don't I don't know what about yourself and just to kind of overall thought, thought I mean can we appreciate the phrase that they used? It's very famous over where I'm from in Ireland. I thought that was fantastic when they coined that we haven't gone away, you know. I just thought that gets the blood pumping in my body. If anyone knows what that, that means over where I'm from, it's 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 an incredible phrase to use. Like it's it's just one of them things, obviously playing on words and that. But um look, at the end of the day, anyone could see I mean Rogers said in, in his interview today that basically the, the the stadium suffered for the last however many weeks that the Green Brigade haven't been there. And he, he referenced that the, the corner do a fantastic job. The Green Brigade do a fantastic, fantastic job of bringing atmosphere. And there's a responsibility among them and the supporters to get behind the team. That's been lacking. That's the, I mean, and also it, it is up to Celtic to get the supporters singing as well and get behind them with performances and, and things like that, which haven't been really there, if, if we're honest. We know that. We're in a bit of trouble at the minute, a wee bit of a blip. But the Green Brigade to me, look, I'm always on their... Again, I don't agree with everything they do, right? And what Gavin said there, when I when I shouted, yes, man, I just meant the fact that that's what the ban was all about, not the, the upcoming statements that he said about Hamas and, and things like that. I'm trying to stay away from the, the, the political side of things. I, I just believe that the Green Brigade bring vibrance, to bring colour, to bring enthusiasm, energy to the stadium, that other ways lacks it without them. I don't know if that's become a force of habit or laziness by supporters who, who expect the Green Brigade to be there week in, week out and not generate that, that atmosphere themselves. Or again, maybe it's just one of the things the Green Brigade are to do is to generate that atmosphere and, and make Celtic Park the fortress we all know it can be and the, the singing atmosphere, the, the pyrotechnics, which I love, by the way, the banners, the TIFOs, which they organise, the full stadium TIFOs, which they give up their free time for. The charity work, the food appeals, raising money for uh, Palestinian pal- Palestinian aid and stuff like that. I think it was twenty grand they raised, and it's just fantastic from from everyone involved in the Green Brigade. And look, do they do stuff that I don't agree with a hundred percent? But every day and every walk of life, people do stuff I don't agree with. But I'm not going to ban them from from places. I'm not going to ban them from from areas of my life. So I mean, it's just it's one of these things. And the Green Brigade and and all their glory are fantastic. And when when they're in the same level as the club, and I do believe that um. I think they've agreed a, a new set of safety rules with the board from what, what I've read. I, I, I don't know much about that. The actual rules have been in place, but I could guess that involves py- pyrotechnics and things going forward. But look, I'm all for them being back. I'm all for, I'm all for what they're bringing. I mean, every every supporter, every football player, every player involved with Celtic, as far as I know, like the Green Brigade. I mean, that's where they go. They go to clap the corner first, and Kieran Tierney was involved getting the microphones, getting the chance started. Players, Cal McGregor, go up there regularly. So again, Green Brigade loves Celtic, and we love Celtic, and we just want what wants best for the club. And I, I know the issues. I know people don't like them, and, and things like that. I think they're entitled asking for meetings and and asking for certain things. That, that that's fair enough. But look, if it's sorted out now, it's sorted out, and we can move forward. And and hopefully, as as Roger said today, have the support, have them on level with the players, and the players on level with the manager, and then that creates a, a force going forward. I know, I, I kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying, Stephen. I think it's, I do, like obviously Gavin was talking about how he goes to the games, he doesn't uh, like, doesn't like sort of his starting songs. I think many a folk at the stadium, probably like that, the majority is are 
can it, is, it can be deemed a wee bit I would have started champ. I, I would. I would have started champ. I'm just saying. I'm noticing obviously a few folk in the comments are obviously mentioning how we need them back and stuff. Like, I think, say the Green Brigade never ever came back, you, the atmosphere would naturally, through time, come back because factions, other groups would just appear for somewhere and start singing. It, it would just need somebody to start doing it. And I, I do agree. I think. Maybe the, I wouldn't say the fans got lazy, but they, they kind of depend on the, the Green Brigade a wee bit to generate some atmosphere. And the more folk the more folk that sing, you will probably feel less embarrassed to join in if you like. And I just think the whole starting of the song is is hard for folk to do. It. As I say, I certainly want to do it. And I'm just wondering when it comes to sort of a, the singing and things like Gavin, you were talking about them. Maybe double. Do you think? Do you think they'll sort of a, Taper back some of their songs and maybe their their displays and banners. Because for me, as much as I've got my my grief, grief is probably wrong word, but how I'm I'm not necessarily a massive supporter of of how they act at times. I don't really want them coming back and singing essentially songs like that. I want them just to be what they are. Like if you're coming back for as, as I say, as much as I have reservations about them if they're coming back i want them back and they're full guys and no like I, I don't i don't want diluted at the end of the day you're, yeah. you're back you're back i think i think they'll, they'll double down i don't think they'll they'll um of the ilk to, to kind of mm-hmm. um play down their, their 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 thoughts their allegiances their their political views uh, they'll either maintain it or they'll, they'll or they'll double down on what they think uh, i think there'll be, there'll be no um dilution of of their, their behavior um i uh, we're an interesting bunch celtic fans um i remember going to the game we used to um car share with my neighbor and uh, me and my dad and uh my neighbor and, and him and his boy and when it was my dad who was driving would have the reps on okay but when it was my neighbor who was driving he'd have like well my four leaf clover on me breast <laughs> <laughs> He never, he never, my neighbour never indulged in the ribs, and I totally get um, some Celtic fans uh, who don't even like to hear kind of the Irish political songs have been sung. Um, we're we're past that, you know. It happens. Um, I think we don't do it as much in the nineties as what we do now. Uh, we did it more in the nineties right. than what we do now. Sorry, um, but we're not. We don't have one people who can speak for us. What? different backgrounds you've got celtic fans who support scotland you've got some celtic fans who would never dream of supporting scotland mm-hmm. um what that's friendly what i'm no no i'm a glory hunter i've told you this oh, i'm only joking <laughs> <laughs> what i mix bunch i guess what i'm trying to say is that the green brigade are great for what they do with with the songs and and mm-hmm. and um the, the, the colour, the vibrancy, they get a lot of attention and at times they are capable of bringing or of, of giving us a fantastic reputation. They're capable of that. But at the same time, they're capable of doing the opposite as well. And it's difficult to, you're not going to find all Celtic fans um, being in, in, in unison with all their opinions on that. But we're not all the same in that regard. But we all love the football club and we want to see them do well. And I think... Something had to give, and they're back now. Um, and uh, hopefully that will galvanise the squad for the rest of the, the season. We really, really need that. Mm-hmm. that. That has to be the main focus. And if it means bringing them back in, whether you're conceding principles to do that, then so be it. So be it. 
either. I mean, if, if, if the board are turning to the Green Brigade to stop the sack the board chance, then that's never happened. I don't know. You never, you never <laughs> I, think, I think the sort of absence has gained them maybe some support and stuff. And I think like the sack the board chance, I think the Green Brigade probably sat back last week going, Obviously, not half at the result, but they're sitting going, This couldn't be turning out any better for us. And like, we've gotten a lot of support here. And I don't know, maybe, maybe the cynic in me is thinking, mm. Again, not a massive support of the board, but maybe they're looking at it going, Right, if we get them back, that kind of goes away because everybody's got to focus on being the Green Brigade are back. We got them, we got them back at the end of the day. That'll be, or we, we bring them back and stuff. So maybe that's their way of trying to get their chance away. And as I say, like, I don't know about you, Stephen, as much as the guy had a bad experience with the Green Brigade once at a game of football with more my sister, so that's where some of my sort of feelings towards them go, but like that, I, I, obviously I don't want them coming back and breaking any rules, but equally when it comes to their displays, comes to their sort of, uh, their singing and stuff and their colour and noise like Gavin was saying, I don't want that to change. I want them to be, and like, like say, I'm not trying to encourage them to have sacked the board stuff, but if a wee bit of me might sort of enjoy if they do something like that, the more they have a massive to d- display aimed right focusing on the board. I don't know where you're with. I, d- I didn't want a, like you said, I didn't want a Green Brigade light. Every alter group or so-called alter group in world football is on the edge. You look at the Italian league, the Bundesliga, all their alter groups do these tifos that would, Everyone would say provocative, the police league, Lego Warsaw are famous for it. And it just adds to the experience. Whether you agree with the TIFOs or agree with the singing, that's fair enough. That's up to people's opinions and people, what culture or whatever part of society they're from. You don't have to get involved. I don't want a, a Green Brigade that's going to be diluted or agreed rules and regulations with the board. I want them full pelt like they were before. And as, as I said, Maybe they can tone down on, on on the pyrotechnic side of things and things like that. But at the end of the day, at the cup finals and when the games that matter at Celtic Park, we're always looking to see what they're doing. We're always looking to see the full stadium displays. We're looking to see what banners they have up. We're looking to see what points are, are being made. And that they're famous for it throughout the world. I mean, you go on Twitter and you only have to scroll so far, you'll find something to do with the Green Brigade. Whether it's like ultra ultra groups on Twitter that share the stuff to do or our football pages that share the stuff to do as well. Do they all agree with it? No, but they can appreciate something that looks fantastic in a stadium. And I think the, the ultra, I mean, you should probably know more of me growing up in the 90s and stuff, but I think that's where the ultras kind of originated from, wasn't it? From the, the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and it started getting stronger and stronger and stronger, especially in Italian football. I think that was probably the first kind of scene where it erupted. I mean, if you look back to Lazio and uh, AC Milan, teams like that, they always had ultra groups as far as I can remember anyway. And then the Green Brigade come on the scene for us. And I just again, it's nothing to do with the political side of things. I just love what they bring. And it, they never stop singing. They never stop going. And I just feel like the team, and look, again, this is down to the performances as well. But the team for me have maybe lacked that wee bit of edge, wee bit of motivation, a, bit, a kick up the arse, the 12th man that we always say. Because we, we, we sat here and talked on Monday and we said about um, the, the stadium felt toxic. Even watching it on the TV, it felt toxic. And... Look, when, when the GBs, they're all bait to have their opinion on the board. One thing they never do is stop getting behind the team. And we, we can never doubt them in that. No, no. Can I say one other thing about... I, I can't, I can't. See, the ultra culture, I think, is a, a, a fairly new phenomenon 
in, in, in Scotland. Um, however, Stephen rightly says in in, uh, in Italy, um, in France as well. I think they're more kind of not. I, I wouldn't say they're militant, but they, they, they've got a lot of power. A lot of power. They've got yeah. the, the, the power, they've got the power to stop games. Um, like the images that you see whenever like um, an Italian team, for example, or a French team, some of them whenever they they have like a terrible result, and the the, the players have to go over and talk to. The ultras, mm-hmm. that the actual fans, actually, have yeah. discussion, and you're like, what the hell's going on here? Like, for me, that's unimaginable for that to be mirrored in Scottish football. So, I'm kind of curious as to the ultra culture. Are we importing it, and is it going to develop and develop and de- develop? Can they get more power? I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because uh-huh. what what they've got in those countries to what what's happening here. Is, is a million miles away. Oh, but can yeah. get, get to that? And is it is it important for the board to to give them the occasional kick up the arse to to curtail that growing power? Um, I, I would take for like a Celtic captain to have to go over and and apologise to an ultra who I wouldn't identify with. I wouldn't I wouldn't mm-hmm. say like this guy speaks for me. Um, as I said, like Celtic fans will get many different factions. You know. Um, I'm just wondering how far can it get? Can it ever, ever mirror um, the, the the what you see in, in France and, and, and Italy? Would you guys think in that? Just two seconds. I can see. I can see in the comments here. It's uh, someone. I don't know if I said this, but did I say political nonsense? If no, I did, somebody's caught. Somebody's something in the comments has said something about political. Oh, because I I was starting to sweat there a bit. I was like, I <laughs> do <laughs> not mean it's political nonsense. But they're sorry about that. Go ahead. No, uh, Fran, I, you take no, that one first. Uh, I've. For me, I, the way I'm kind of just basing it on how they've been treated this last couple of months, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it will get to that because, as you see, they just they were pretty much out of the stadium like that, and and it seemed on the face it no dialogue between the two apart from Celtic would release a statement, the Green Brigade would release a statement on and things on Twitter. So certainly the now I don't see it. Like I totally agree. Like you look at. Like teams like Marseille, that it's that's just mental over there. Um, oh, yeah. um that's I they're they are proper. So I I, I don't mean Napoli. I think are the same. Lats well certainly Lats are the same as well. Napoli and Lats are massive as well for that. I, I I think we're a million miles away for that. Like you said, Gavin. But I think the way the board treated them, way some folk could say could treat them, way attempt just just got rid of them straight away i i think that was sort of showing their authority if you like and showing that who's in charge like the board is in charge i do believe the green brigade have got some power they always seem to you look at any away game they're always next to each other but there's other reasons why they're there european games are always there sitting next to each other so i, I do but they're, they're all, and i know and i don't know about whether they're luckiest fans in the world because always have tickets for the right next to each other for all the big games but in the same token I think they have some power, but I, I, I think they're a million miles away from getting. I think the board, whether they like them or not, have kind of got them where not got them where they want them, but they know they can. They have got a bit of control over them. Yeah. I seen that. I, I seen the video user talking about the Marseille uh, ultra. I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. They were giving the speech to the the players on the pitch, and look, I thought that was actually quite a nostalgic moment. That's something you could look back on and be like, "Wow, that actually happened in world football." Mm-hmm. Whether that's going to happen. At Celtic Park here, I don't think it will because, as you said, Franny, that the board is—I just think wouldn't let that happen. And 
again, at the end of the day, like the players do get involved with it. The Green Brigade of celebrations and stuff, and they take the microphone, get chants going, and I said that about Kieran Tierney. It's it's just one of these things. Look, I wanted to grow and grow and grow. I was all for the main stand and, and things like that, but again, that's probably not going to happen now. But look, any, any way it enhances the supporting experience, I, I'm all behind. And as I said, people are going to have different opinions of the Green Brigade. I'm just strongly for them. That's that's where I'm sitting up front. Uh, I think I think we're kind of millions and miles away from it. And we'll kind of just move on, move on and try and get a wee bit light-hearted and we'll talk about transfer rumours with it, it getting getting close to January. January fast approaching. When they, recruitment is a massive word. And I kind of came up with this topic when I, I knew it was only me and Stephen that was on because we love a, we love a rumour. And then we I, do I love a rumour. Coming on, Gavin. So I, I don't know where you are with transfer rumours if you're... If you're like me and Stephen get sucked right in, you'll love this. But if you did it, then just say you did it, <laughs> and just give me short and as long an answer as you want. But I'll just kind of get right in it, and we'll we'll start with yourself, Stephen. Um, the first name I'm going to kind of start with the, the the sort of the strikers. I seen one pop up on Twitter, Fabio Silver at Wolves, mm-hmm. and now what made me kind of look into this a wee bit is the fact that. Was reported for a Portuguese newspaper. Obviously, Celtic pages were reporting that, so I came across it. But they were quoting a Portuguese paper, and they said that his future may lie within Scotland. Um, but it's rumoured that Celtic and Rangers want him. Now, this was a guy that cost Wales thirty-five million. Read into that what you want. It's we all know the prices can be inflated massively down there. He's not really go. He's only twenty-one. At the end of the day, so his, his goal return is brilliant. I think it's like 16 goals or something. He's got in 110 career games. So even at 21, it's could you put that just down to age? I know he's not played a lot at Wills. Where it would that excite you at the end of the day? If I'm honest, no. I I know he's a product of the Benfica B team, so I'm guessing Celtic have probably had their eyes on him when we were getting Jada and, and the likes. But the, the transfer fee, like you said, that's peanuts for Wolves in the English Premier League. That's like out of the, the sofa money. That's changed. Do you know what I mean? And they've spent it on. I know he was on loan last season to PSV. I believe it was in, in Holland. And he, he got a couple of goals. He got a couple of goals, but he wouldn't really be one to excite me. He came on against us in pre-season and, and just looked, he didn't set the, the world on fire. Like he just looked like a basic player. As a strike, an option possibly, but for me, we could do much better. And the likes of Bowie Hamiovsky, I know he's a touchy subject. I think he'll probably be a better sign than in my opinion. Shh, talk about I know, him. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I think I, the, the wages as well for him would be astronomical. Apparently, Celtic are paying 60k of, of Nat Phillips' wages, which is incredible, by the way, if, if that's true. He needs to be shipped off the Anfield as soon as possible. But um, nah, he wouldn't excite me, but I've I seen the links and it's just, I think it's just paper talk, and I hope it stays that way. He's just not exciting me. Uh, I, I, for me, I think it's a wee bit, well, I wouldn't say pie in the sky. It's certainly a permanent deal, I think, will be pie in the sky, Gavin. I think if this one has to happen, it'll be it'll be a long deal, and I, I don't even think it'll be a long way an obligation to buy. Where are you with, with Fabio Silva? Yeah. Uh, I, I totally disagree with Stephen. I really, really like the player. <laughs> Aye, yes. Now, I do agree with you about pie in the sky because it's, he's reportedly on 80 grand a week, uh, which is kind of in proportion if you're 35 million transfer. I think it was from Porto to, to Wolves. Um, so it was a couple of years ago that he signed for Wolves and he's been on loan mm. to Anderlecht and uh, uh, PSV. Um, 
he's not an out and out number nine. He's more of a kind of number ten. He can play on the wings and he can also play through the middle. But he's never. I don't think he's going to be your main man up front. Perhaps with Celtic though, he, he could uh, fulfil that role. I, I do watch a lot of English football, and whenever he signed for Wolves, uh, he just looked like a. It looked like he had really, really tidy feet, but physicality-wise, it looked like he needed to go away and work on it and come back. And I felt whenever he came back um, uh, after the, the loan spells, I thought it, it looked as if he'd bulked up a wee bit. He plays with his head up. He's got great feet. He's no slouch. And I think, I, I genuinely think that he would he would rip it up in the, 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 in the, the Scottish League for Celtic. I really, really do. However, if he was to do that, I think it would just be a, for a six-month spell. I would I would bite your hand off for this guy. Now, I know that people who cost 30-odd million, they can be flops, such as that boy Diallo that man you bought, came to, yeah, um, right. came to Sevco, and he, he flopped. That does happen. However, I think this boy will, will forge a, a decent footballing career, um, whatever that might be, probably abroad. But I, yeah. I would definitely take him, mate. Definitely take him. The, the other thing is, I, I don't like loans. Um, and it's kind of, if this season right now has got to the point where we're looking for, um, try to kind of put a plaster over a, a bullet wound right now to try to see us through to the end to, 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 to win the league. I hate that. I really, really hate that. It's almost kind of um, reminiscent of the, the COVID season. I really mm-hmm. don't want, I don't mm-hmm. want to mirror that. So, in that part, I don't want a loan if it's not going to benefit us in the long term. I'm wondering if things are getting that bad that we need to do a loan. So that's one of my misgivings. However, I do rate the player. I see. I'm, I'm siding with Gavin in this one, Stephen. I think, obviously, I wasn't 100% down on his position. I just assumed a striker. But if he plays wide as well, that maybe explains a wee bit the goal return as well. When Corvo's mentioned, obviously, he's a new, Newcastle fan. He's seen him a couple of times and he's seen... He's seen him out in the wings and things like that as well, so that could be an option and stuff. But I'd, I think he would. What I've seen him, he looks, he looks a tidy enough player. And like we say, not shooter like down the standard isn't. It's not what the APL is, and I think I think there's a great chance. But I'm also, I'm not a massive fan of just a lone way, nothing else at the end. Of the day. I appreciate Nat Phillips. I know it's not worked out for the boy, but that was an amazing thing. We needed to get something in the door and stuff. I think. I know Brendan Rogers talked about quality and stuff in this window. I think you might find a fabulous, not necessarily a fabulous silver, but you might find you get you get that type of player that will just it'll just have to be alone because we just kind of get permanent deals done. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of loans. But we'll we'll move on to the next one and it's staying in the striker position. Stephen, you just mentioned him, Bojan Miofsky. Now, <coughs> out before they came to Aberdeen. Again, another one with not a great goal return, but he was, was only 22, I think, 23 when he came to Aberdeen. He's been here a season and a half. In the league, he's got 24 goals and 53 appearances for Aberdeen, which I think is a really, really good return. I've always liked him when I've seen it. I mean, Ross, who's on the pod, who's a member of the pod, he'll tell you I'm an absolute snob when it comes to SPL players, especially your, your British players. I'm, I'm like, oh, well, he, he must be rubbish. But then they, I think Bojan is a bit different. I, is another one I would take, and I know what's putting some folk off is they're talking about it could cost us above the 4.4 that we paid for Scott Brown, which would be, within Scotland anyway, it would be the biggest transfer fee paid between two clubs. 
and I think I think a wee bit embarrassingly folk are going, oh, well, that's a wee bit dodgy when you're like, paid that for Scott Brown like 16 years ago and it's like and you're balking at that idea of paying that for another player, which I think it's weird. So I don't, where are you with, with Mioski? Yeah, or I, I would take Mioski, but it wouldn't be above uh, three million pounds. I wouldn't break the transfer record for him, and the only reason being, I don't see him being first choice, but I can see him being that kind of but that stri- striker who could be the tall striker up front with Kyogo or O linking up the play, scoring goals. And funny enough, he won Aberdeen the game against Livingston there. Um, so again, we're playing them tomorrow. And I like uh, Mioski, and also he's done it in European football. Whether it's the Conference League or not, he still scored goals for Aberdeen in Europe so he's done it in, in European competition which is also a plus point his return for them is great and I always preferred his partner Duke but Duke has kind of fell off a cliff in terms of his performance levels and yes Corvo the only reason being cheap about this because he won't be first choice that's why but Miofsky at least we can we, we can see <laughs> up here he, he scores goals. He, he's very calm on the ball. He's an elegant football player. He's got a wee bit of pace about him when, he, when he's in the final third. And I just think he'd be a good focal point if we ever needed one. I, I don't think O is quite there yet, albeit I believe he's got a lot of potential and will get chances moving forward. But if we're looking at third striker and we're not going to break the bank for a first first choice and take over Kyogo, I think uh, Bojan Mioski would be a, a decent shout. I, I, I honestly would take Mioski and it's... The money's then staying within Scottish football as well, so you could maybe, maybe try and advance that. Aberdeen could maybe go maybe get one or two boys for that, maybe bigger than what they would normally pay. Gavin, you, Mioski, you and I are an offer him. Uh, no, no. Well, obviously, money money plays a big factor. Um, oh. Stephen wouldn't pay the, the four plus million, but he would play, play like three odd million. So, um, I'm not. I think it's dangerous to be snobbish about um, people in, a, in your backyard uh, because we've been bitten in the arse with that before. McGinn, for example. Um, so we should never allow talent to leave the 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 league without our, us running our eye over it. And I guess that's what we're doing right now. However, the the, the price is is a, a sticking point. Four odd million. Are we willing to pay that amount for a guy to sit on our bench? Because that's exactly what he would do. Then we need to consider we only play one guy up front. So he he plays for what North Macedonia. So you've got oh mm-hmm. you've got oh you've got Kyogo and you've got this guy. So where does he fit in the pecking order? Do you think that he's better than O? Perhaps so. Me personally, look, we, we spoke about this. Um I don't think O will be you're out and out Celtic centre forward. He's good enough to provide competition. Mm. I don't think he provides great competition. He also provides something different than what Kyogo does. But uh, this guy, Majowski, no, I wouldn't go for him for the money. Uh, we've been bitten in the arse as well in terms of when we... we I spoke about um, Chris Killen. Chris Killen had a brilliant season for us. He scored 20-plus goals, and he gave us the exact opposite whenever we signed him. We had relatively high hopes, uh, but that's what happens. However, you go for a Scott McDonald for, for Motherwell, and again, like people were, were right to turn the nose up at that to an extent. They also had other reasons not to, to buy him. But yeah. he had a brilliant time at Celtic, an absolutely brilliant time domestically and in Europe. So it's a mixed bag whenever you buy these players in the, the SPFL. Majowski, though, again, can does he want to come to Celtic? Uh, we spoke about... Uh, th- this was the other example I gave. In the, the World Cup, you had the, the Korean boy um, that we wanted to score oh. two. 
Chew, Chew or something? Chew, aye. Chew. Chew, aye. Chew, Louie. Father Ted reference. Um, mm -hmm. we, we wanted we wanted him. Uh, but he spoke to Ji Sung Park and to get his uh, advice about moving into European football. He says, move to a club where you'll be guaranteed minutes. And he went to Mitchelland. He's the number one striker there. And he's doing relatively well. He wouldn't have came to Celtic. So Majowski, if I was his agent, I would offer the same advice. You're going to come to Celtic for the money? Are you going to come here because you're going to get the game time and you can propel yourself? He's not going to get that chance. He'll be third, maybe second striker. I think it's a bad move for him, unless he just wants the money. It's a bad move for us. We can. Is that really where we should be spending four million right now? Well, Gal, Gal, are are you saying that Fabio Silva would be first choice? I think that we have the luxury of deploying him on the left mid and the right mid and up front as well. We've got diversity, but Majowski, he's only going to be taking no, one a striker. Yeah, no, I get that, but I think if you're I if you're doing a loan, right? If you look at South, if you're, it's all a bit different because it's a loan, whereas you know you're probably no signing them at the end yet, so it's not. It's I wages, whereas Mioski, as much as I would have Mioski, I understand what Gavin's saying with that. It's but Franny, the way I look at this is, it, it, Wolves are going to demand a payment for the loan fee. They're not going to give them to us for free. So you're talking about, I would say, two million pound for a loan fee, and then plus the wages yeah. for the outlay. The outlay on him, depending on his productivity on the park, could be more than Mayowski signing him on a permanent contract. True. I made a good point. I, I've still got misgivings about a loan because mm. what does that tell us about what, what uh, where we're at? Where we're going, you know? Aye, yeah, mm. true. Yeah. Um Mayowski though four odd million. How would you feel though if we spent four odd million on him, but he plays second fiddle? I would, I would go about free, so I wouldn't know. I would, I would, I would go with it in the sense that I would, I would look at it as a step that were, it's shown a wee bit of ambition. We're moving forward. We were not. It's that's just to go. You want this guy in, and that's your pain. What you need to get the guy in, whether he is first choice or things like that. I think for me, I would look at it as maybe as the club, the club kind of backing the manager. It's hopefully the manager's guy in the same way. Well, it's costing us four and a half, five million. There probably is a bit of premium because you're taking them off a rival, I would, in inverted commas, within the league. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get away from the figure being an issue, but I too totally take on board with it as it's a big outlay, as a bit of an outlay for a guy that maybe hasn't got to be the number one mm -hmm. team. But I think it's sort of for me as well. It's a, it's a way of showing a wee bit of. You're trying to get that squad depth quality even better than what it potentially is as well. But we'll we'll move on to the next one, and it's another striker that's we're linked to him in the summer. Um, and I, it could just be lazy journalism because the window's coming round again. And apologies, I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, Matthias Kitzgarden, Fitzgarden, the the Danish boy at Bromby. I think we were we were in for him in the summer, and it was. Whether you believe it or not, we won the one to pay the money for him. I think it was around about the four million mark there, but it seems if we're going to get him now, it were, the reports I've been reading anyway, it's around about seven. So is that one that would excite you, Gavin? Or where where do you sit with us? A twenty-one year old that's eight what I'm going off Wikipedia, eighteen goals in sixty seven games. Again, young young laddie, we can read into the goal tally what you what you wanted. 
a lot of the appearances have probably been five, ten minutes of appearances at the end of the day. So the goal return I'm not going to be too critical of, but is is that one that would uh I was really easy for me to say. Um is that one that would excite you? Um no wouldn't excite me. It doesn't mean that it's it's the wrong option. I think there would be a lot of reluctance from his club to actually sell him at this stage in the season. I think he's their main striker and I think they're doing fairly well in the league. Um, I could be totally wrong on that. But the fact that they never sold him in the summer tells me that they're definitely not going to sell him in January. I think it would have to be a summer transfer for this guy. Um, I, I, I have genuinely watched his clips on YouTube um, and I'm aware of his, his kind of modest uh, goal return. Albeit when he take into account he's a young lad. Um, however, again, seven seven plus million, that's another kind of sticking point. You need to kind of weigh that up against what he's done so far and the potential that we think we can get from him. The other thing is his stature. Uh, he's, I think he's, what, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, um, big boy. He's not a big guy. And, and for Rodgers, I think Rodgers... Unless you've got unless you've got outstanding ability as a number nine, such as Suarez at Liverpool or Jamie Vardy with his undeniable space to let his speed to get in behind the defenders, unless you've got undeniable talent, then I think Rogers prefers uh more of a target man. Didn't he have Danny Graham at Swansea, who was yeah. he'd never had much pace, but he was brilliant at turning a, a, a player and holding the ball up and obviously Moussa Dembele. I but however, this is a persistent rumour, so maybe there's something to it. It doesn't strike me as a typical Rogers number nine. But I could be wrong. The guy, the guys get decent enough pace, and I think he's fairly two-footed. But again, the the your YouTube um, videos, a twenty-one-year-old with a, a modest goal, goal return, you you can't really be like uh, one over by that you can't be one over that so i'm kind of i'm on the edge like basically if we spent seven eight million then he's definitely going to be our number nine and i would imagine that koga would be sold the following summer mm-hmm. i think that's what would happen so i'm kind of i'm kind of torn with that i would prefer if we're going to shell out that to- that sort of money i really need to be one over so i'm a- i'm on the fence with that one mate i, I i'm about the same and gavin brought it up Stephen, as well and i think jed just talk about any players we bring in and his opinion must be physical and over six foot. I kinda agree with that. And you look at sort of a, the track record, the Brendan Rogers strikers, Suarez aside, Daniel Sturridge, I, I don't think he was quite six foot. He might have been touching it, but he was he was a, like uh, Gavin said, he was a really good football player. So he kinda got away with that. Whereas I know Kyogo's a fantastic football player, but he's just gone through a wee sort of a spell now. But if you look at sort of a Rogers typical type of striker, it is it is like that that bigger guy and stuff. And mm-hmm. the, the three guys we've kind of mentioned, I think Fabio Silva's quite tall. Um Mioski's a wee bit tall, but physical wise, I don't I don't they're known your Dembele modes. Mioski's maybe a, a poor man, sort of a, Edward, maybe Fabio Silva's kind of that ability as well. But where are you we I'm not even going to say his name again. The the Danish boy. I think I'm I'm it's, maybe the seven million as like what Gavin said because it's halfway through the season. You've maybe got to have to pay a wee bit extra to try and try and get the boy. It also could be absolutely pissed that I'm talking with the seven million. I just did it all. Um, but I would was that one that would kind of excite you or is that where are you with that? 
Uh, is his name like Nuts Gordon or something like that? It's K V I S T. Aye. Well, that's what I'll go with. Fifth Gordon. I will go with that for now. But I mean, for me, I'm actually surprised Gavin doesn't fancy him because he's kind of the profile, apart from height wise, as Fabio Silva playing on both wings, going to play number nine as well. He's got a bit of pace about him. Yeah, his goal returns is modest, but again, you have to take into account he's flexible over multiple positions. Um, but that's not to say he doesn't excite me, which he doesn't, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> I think if, if, if you missed the chance to ban for $4 million in the summer, then what's the point of spending $8 million in the January transfer window just to get him in? It would just say to me a bit of panic ban for me and not looking outside of that target. Um, yeah, he, he seems a decent uh, football player. He, he seems quick. He, he's a bit like Lee Griffiths in a sense, where he's quick on his feet, can strike a ball, very composed as well, like we were talking about with Adam Mayofsky. But again, he's he, for me, he's just not one that kind of gets me like, yeah, bring him in, be number one. I think Rogers is craving the physicality side of things at Celtic, and he said it when he first came in. He hasn't received any of them players yet, and if he doesn't get that going forward, I'd be very surprised. So for me, Nutsgarden, Fitzgarden, Matthias, whatever you want to call him, he's uh, he's not, not, not good enough to be in a Celtic shirt. I wouldn't say he's not good enough, but at the same time, it's not one... I would, I'm not saying I wouldn't get excited, but at the same time, it's one that will not be disappointed if we don't get it. Because, like you say, it's, I think we need some physicality in that team, and certainly going to be what you read up on them, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily fit that profile. But one that certainly also doesn't fit that profile is one that kind of sort of happened. I seen late last night and into the days, depending on what we you look at, it's either Romeo Amani or Amani Romeo. Depends on what what website you look on, but it's a guy for a sweet. He's playing his training Sweden now. Um, he's twenty year old Ivorian boy. He's about five foot eight as well. Plays in midfield. Then he's no physical either. I don't know where you are with that one, Stephen. No, not that's the first. Yet, that's the first I've heard of this guy. So I've seen him a few I've, pages yesterday and this morning. Are you didn't even share it to me. We share the rivers, Franny. Come on, <laughs> jeez, oh. But look again. If it's fa- if he's five foot eight, I would expect that maybe he's a winger. At, no, he's a, in a terms of attacking midfielder, like a creative boy, which well, attacking midfielder does not does not help when you consider the Matarelli rumours that are coming out. Oh well, yeah, no, but um, just on that basis, I know nothing about him. It's mm-hmm. it's a no for me. I I'm the same. It's it just seems a uh, the 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 buzzword Gavin a project for me. How are you yet? Me, I've never heard of the guy. Uh, I'm not even claiming I've heard of just some Celtic pages that I was bought a follow on Twitter. So R- R- Romeo Almari, what a shit designer name uh, that is. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a cute, It's like not even a champ. You wouldn't even sign him in champ man because he's got a rubbish name. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> half a car, not quite a car. Um, well, I've n- never heard of the guy. Uh, so what is he, a midfielder? It says attacking midfielder, like creative midfielder. Mm, 20 year um, old. I think he played against Aberdeen in the Conference League this season as well. But again, is it Elfsborg? Uh, no, it's not them, mate. It's not them. It's no, definitely that's not the name of the team. Mm. But again, it's no physicality, it's nothing like that. It's not the profile we seem to be wanting. Never heard them. Never heard of them. Uh. Can I ask you guys? See if we were to get a new number nine. Uh, mm-hmm. What 
what type of profile of number nine centre forward would you actually go for? Like we talked talked about Dembele. Dembele was a bit of everything. He had a bit of pace, he had a bit of physicality, he had a half decent touch, and I think that's what you get from well, that that that's what kind of Brendan Rodgers was looking for. Um, someone who could do a bit of everything. Whereas Kyogo, for example, he's got a limited um set set uh, skills. What kind of player would you go for? Like you've heard of people talking about like Sydney Van Hoydonk, who I've really not seen much more of. Do you guys want a, a physical six foot plus guy who can run? Again, you're going to have to pay through the nose for that, which I think we should do if we're being serious about the future and we've got a shitload of money. Uh, I well for me, I'm I would go the Dembele. Just a bit of that's based on well, Jed would go Dembele as well. A bit of that's based on how how Roger seems to set out a team and stuff. If you if you're, if Ange is the manager, I don't think you need you don't need that bloody Kyogo's your man. And it's not I know you're not suggesting it, but Kyogo's for me is still number one. But I I think if Roger if we're got if Rogers have got to go to how he how he played before, it's a Dembele type for me. I'm I'm wanting. I think for 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 me it has to be a physical striker. But- Kyogo is down on his arse at the minute in this system, and I just hope and I pray that he regains his form again in the not so distant future. Because because obviously he's a quality player and he scores bucket loads of goals for us when he's on form. But we do need the physicality. We're crying out for it. Whether it's a Dembele type of finnegar, a Hessling type, a Sutton type, we just need someone up there where we can hit the ball and it sticks and then can link up the play and they can score the first set of goals. And we're really crying out for that. Hitting crosses into the box from deep to nobody. Hitting crosses from the byline to nobody is just it's shambolic in my opinion. There's, there's no one in there to take advantage of it. And I hope in the future it can be O, but just at the moment, if we can get a top quality physical target man in, 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 in Parkhead, I'll be all for it. What be yourself, Gavin? Where are you at? Uh, oh, no. Um, the, the, the thing, the one kind of potential compromise that you make about getting a really physical tall striker is that you can't maintain the pressing game. And mm-hmm. we we enjoyed the pressing game under Brendan Rogers the first time around. We've had it with Ange, which we loved it under Ange. But now now Kyogo is almost almost redundant in this in this system, which is heartbreaking to see because he's a quality striker. If you go back to that that strike that he did at Ibrox when the ball fell to him and he had the confidence oh. just to hit it first time. Mm-hmm. I don't think O is that like Stephen might disagree with me. I uh, just don't think that O at this moment in his career has the confidence to execute something like that. Kyogo does. Um Kyogo brings so much, but again, you need a striker who's going to complement your style of play. And right now, I can't I can't fathom our style of play. So mm-hmm. Brendan needs needs to, to, to kind of really put a stamp on it. He's had almost half a season now, he's not really been able to. Albeit there's so, been so many factors which have, have kind of worked against them to do that. But until we have a... Brendan will have a style of play in mind. He needs to buy a striker who's going to complement that if he thinks that Kyogo's not going to be the one. But I, I guess I would really kind of be sad to see the pressing style go away because I think it works well in Europe. It mm-hmm. might not work so well sometimes in, in domestic because everybody is just parking the bus and you, you need to find a lock picker um, to, to do that. Um, but you know, I, I would love to see a Dembele type player. You know, the powerful type player. But mm-hmm. it, it depends on what you're willing to compromise on, playing style wise. 
And I totally agree. And like you say, I, for me, I look for a Dembele type striker. That's if I'm going for that, that's what I'm going for. But at the same time, we, I, I know you're no suggesting ignoring what Kyle has done. It's just I think you made a great point about that goal against Rangers. Um, uh, earlier on the season, I even think Kyogo going through that is uh, sort of a wee black way, not really scoring the now, not really getting many touches on the ball. If he's presented with that chance, the more, so it's or in a couple of weeks' time against Rangers, I think he's got the confidence to, to just take it on exactly the same. Sometimes these strikers that are maybe desperate for a goal need a wee bit of form, they would actually try and run and maybe take the shot away, like take two or three touches. Where, where I think Kyogo is. It's top class, I think. It's just, I think, I think you're bang on, Gavin. We're just not playing a style that sits on the now, and I think he's he's absolutely hampered by that. Um, but I'll move on to the last one in the list. He's a left-back, Thiago Arahu. If I've butchered the Danish boy's name, I've 100% butchered his. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Stephen here, Stephen, you can't even slag me when it comes to names. You can't. It's A-R-A-U-J-O. He's a Portuguese left back that came through the Benfica B system again, 22 year old. He's at Esterolda now. Esterolda now, it's just it's a name that's kind of been doing the rounds lately. And I think even Stephen McGowan, who is quite well respected, you can kind of trust him a wee bit. And at times, is also kind of said Celtic are very much interested in this guy and they're talking about four million for him. Um, is that one that would you would be a wee bit excited about where he's sitting on that I mean obviously Greg Taylor's came in for a lot of stick this season superb underhand just doesn't seem to suit Brendan Rodgers and he's, he has come under a bit of stick so it's I don't think it's any surprise that maybe we are looking at a left back oh, where, where are you in on Thiago <laughs> me or Gav Gavin sorry I sorry um I watched uh, YouTube clips of him about over a week ago. Um, we're in, <laughs> you're in a kind of precarious situation because sometimes, like, uh, if you look at any half decent clips of a of a left back, you be like, "Thank, we need this guy," because you're comparing him against Taylor. Aye. I would probably need more information to to go off of, but um, I understand that he never made the grade at Benfica. He's went to uh, another club within that league, uh, the, mm-hmm. the top league, and he's been doing really well. Um, he looks to have a lot of pace. So does Bernabe. Um, but Bernabe's <laughs> um, Best left back in the world. It's like, it's like once bitten, twice a shy. Like How many times have we messed up the left back position going back to... Like, the turn of the century, really, really. Mm. Since so, so start with Stefan Mahi. Um, however, oh, this guy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolute head case. Um, <laughs> he probably uh, he potentially could have stopped 10 in a row. That, that he'd button loss, and I think Toss McKinley's came out and said that was a big turning point for the team. That Kenny got the team on side when he actually wrapped it up in Larson. This is madness. I wouldn't disagree with that. Sometimes letting your emotions out is the best thing ever. Um, that, I this guy, that. This guy, <laughs> I, again, YouTube clips. Uh, he, he looked, he looked, he looked fairly impressive. He looked fairly impressive. Um, I remember that uh, earlier on uh, in the summer we were linked with a left back from France. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whenever, whenever, 
yeah, I, I don't know. If, I think we might have we didn't bid for him in the end. Um, we were just hoping that maybe Greg Taylor would have continued with this forum from under Ange, but obviously not. It's undeniable that we need to buy a left back. This guy, I don't know. Um, people, the, the, the people in charge, the people who get paid wages to to decide these things, will have better information on this than me. However, they made a a pig's arse of it in the summer with the recruitment, so I don't know if I even would trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, we we need to sign a left back. That's it. Uh, I, I mean, I think we're going. We're going to have to go on YouTube clips because long gone are the days that we are, the players that we're going for you unlikely going to, pardon me, got, going to have heard of them. I mean, you suddenly heard of the, mm. the previous guy I'd asked of it, so it just shows you where where we are shopping now. Um, so I, 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 it's hard to obviously run the rule on, but I don't like. I feel you're going to be happy with this one, Stephen. Is it? Is it? Is it one that you would see as quality, or is it a project signing? Where do you? Um, yeah. But- just first of all, Plons McNuggets has put it. Yeah, Plons McNuggets put in a, a name here quite a few times. We're not ignoring you, Plons, but I just don't know. Don't know if he's like with us at the moment. But I don't again. know who it is. I'll have to go away and look at that one, but I'll keep it in mind for for the next one. But um, in in regards to uh, Thiago uh, Ari- Ario or, or whatever the left back from from. Uh, Portugal. Look, at the end of the day, I think we, we all know here that we we need a, a full pack, a, a left back especially. I think he's six foot, so he's slightly taller than Greg Taylor. He probably be a bit more physicality, good pedigree. He's and people are saying project, but I think he's played over eighty or ninety uh, senior games in, in a good level league with the club he's at, at at the moment, and that can really bode well for him going forward. Um, what I would say is. And it might sound harsh, but we need a change from, from Greg Taylor. That by no means is me saying get rid of him, but it's saying bring someone in new, fresh, who can play the system that Rogers wants to play. Kieran Tierney thrived under it. Maybe this guy can as well. And it's it's good news for me that we're linked with a left back. The next position is goalkeeper that that we should be linked with. And hopefully Stephen McGowan comes out saying we're going to sign a goalkeeper. Then you can kind of take it as Bible then because he's obviously close to what's happening within the corridors of Celtic Park. But yeah, it doesn't excite me, Franny. It, what gets me excited is, it's not the player, but it's we're identifying that position mm-hmm. as, as a place that we need to strengthen. And I think we all we all know we do. So yeah, get him in. We'll see what happens. I was just trying to be clever, Stephen, trying to catch out. I think you were going to say it's a quality signing, but then I was like, what qualifies a quality signing? Because usually 22 years... Well, do you know what? I'm so signing. glad. I'm so glad you can't <laughs> catch me out. Because I've done that well. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a, a wee quick Google search on that. Faris Mualwambang or whatever it is. He plays with Bodo Glimp and he's rated oh, about, okay. about five and a half to six million pounds and he's, he's your Dembele type stature striker. He's a there we go, Plunge. Striker, so Get him in. I've, I, and to be fair, Google is saying that we're linked to him, but I've not had enough time to do any more checks. But that's that's all the, the rumours that I've got for you in the news, Stephen. I feel I've done well. I've brought five players to the table for us to talk about, but we'll just we'll look ahead to to the Livingston game tomorrow. As we spoke about the Green Brigade, they're back. Um, I don't know, Gavin, if you'll be along at the game, uh, but we, we need to get back. It's the obvious statement. We need to get back to to winning ways. Uh, we need to. For me, we need to turn on a really good performance and. I know Brett uh, Martindale's usually got a number. He's, he's, 
he knows how to set his team up against us and things like that. And he's obviously got big physical players, might try and play for set places. But I mean, I've been shot in the foot up before, we saying things like this in Celtic end up getting a poor result. But if there's ever a team you want to play, the last two days, when you're on needing a result, surely you would want bought an out of form bottom of the league team in, in Livingston at home at Parkhead. Yeah, surely, surely, even the way we're playing the new, we can't. You can't make an arse of this, Gavin. I love how we're all laughing. <laughs> well, I, I've got the giggles because I made a total arse of myself last week. Um, I thought that Hearts was a dead cert for us to beat them. In fact, I compiled Same. a dot there of stats. I was so convinced because they hadn't dropped, uh, they, they hadn't beat us in 10 games, Hearts, mm-hmm. up until last week. And I was convinced that we would get. We would score four goals. And we, <laughs> like, and my, my debut for the endless hills, I destroyed all credibility that I'd garnered up. Well, didn't worry before. Done it. Even Ross, I think. Well, was it Angie's first season or second season where he was like this before the Saint Man game? I I think Celtic go undefeated. Go undefeated. Next game, beat. Next game, beat. <laughs> <laughs> So we've all done it, Gavin. Don't know, whatever. Don't know, whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at this right now. Celtic and Levy, last 10 meetings. We've won six. They've won one. And obviously, there have been a few draws. We've had 22 goals. They've had five goals. And we've had six clean sheets. They've had three clean sheets. Look, Levy are doing pish. Let's not deny it. They've played 17 and they've got well, not many points. Five points or something like that. Um, hardly any. Hardly any. I don't know if I've won a game this season, mate. Can, can, I, can I say, I used to always take it for granted, whenever Celtic get beat domestically, that there'd be such an outcry, <coughs> outrage, that you'd be guaranteed that the next mm-hmm. game you'd win, unless you're up against your closest rival. But we've lost two games in the trot. Am I right to am I right to kind of continue with that logic though that will definitely um yeah a comeback? Well, I'm I'm going with it. I'm going what, with that surely. What's worrying is that Rogers read the riot act um a few a few games ago at halftime. He said yeah. it's the angriest he's ever been, and I'm like, whoa, like oh you must. Have <laughs> <laughs> no, I was laughing at you. I was laughing at you going whoa. Are you like, oh, like in your entire management career, this is the the first time you've been that angry. But Jesus, like, surely you're going to get a, a kick up the arse after that. Yeah, we won the second half in that game, and we we of course won the game. But then the following domestic game, we lose, hmm. we lose again, and now we're at Livingston, who used to be our bogey team. I don't think they are anymore because we've collected a few results away. But crucially, this one is at home. Look, I predict, of course, I'm going to predict the Celtic will win. Will it be a huff and puff performance? Will it be a free scoring one? Now, this is where I, I spoke about last week. I'm like, 4 now clean sheet. Colonel. I might have said that. All you need to do is to take care of Shankland. We didn't do that. We did mm. the exact opposite. Right, look, we're going to win. We're going to win. Um, uh, prediction? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care. As long as we beat them. It need, however, it needs to be convincing. Um, because mm-hmm. if it's not convincing, then the the narrative about Brendan not being able to 
be the manager that we thought we were. That's going to grow. That, that will grow. He needs to. He needs to show that he's the boss. Whenever we're putting out players, and he says things like the the tempo wasn't good enough, they're they're, they're not motivated. Like that is his job. That is his job. Um, so we're going to win. We will. We will win. Um, I don't know. Fuck it. Three 0 Okay, let's go for that. I will go straight into your lineup prediction then. Who are you, who are you starting? Who's your um, first one? Or do you want me to come back to you in that one? Right, well, can you guys tell me if anybody's back from injury? Not that I know. Abada's back in the grass. Training. Said, back uh, training, but no guy to be playing tomorrow. He's just cutting it. Uh, right, okay, so <laughs> Joe Hart, Taylor, Cameron Cutler. Can I get him back because there's going to be Palestine flags there tomorrow. Uh, he's a, between a rock and a hard place, isn't he? I know. Uh, so, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, Scales, Cameron Cutter, Vickers, and uh, AJ. Um, O'Reilly, Calmack. I would probably start. Probably start we need a lock picker. Now, I know that Awata, if Awata's back fit, then. I'm sure. Uh, if he's no, fit, I'm playing him. Yeah, it's a difficult one. A water if he's back fit or Turnbull because you need a lock picker. I would go for Turnbull. The way that we've been playing right now, I think he was maybe taken off prematurely against Hearts. Um, he, he does fuck all apart from whenever he's in the final third, I think. Mm-hmm. But I would play O'Reilly, Calmack, and Turnbull. And Turnbull's a good squad player. He's never. He, he uh, shouldn't be. In your, he shouldn't be in your first eleven, but. He is, he is right now. He's um, in yours. Yeah, because because circumstances. <laughs> just acting like Rogers, you just pick somebody. <laughs> this is proper SOS material right now. Um, Maida, he's back. Palmer, yeah, I'll play him. And uh, Kyogo, there we go. What about yourself, Stephen? I think. By the comment, Fallon makes a good point. Picking that third player is like Rod Stewart's draw. I mean, for, for me, like, and I, I love the fact we all giggled. It just shows you we're rallying the club at the minute. So we were giggling against getting a potential result here against Livingston. Like, I firmly believe we'll win. I don't care. I know people are saying, but I don't care if it's 1 0 or 5 0. We need the three points. And the rest, the aftermath can take care of itself. We just need, need to get the three points over the line and back with us at, at the top of the table, kind of keep, try and get a bit of momentum built up for the, the Derby game on, on the 30th. Um, for me, my lineup would be Joe Hart, Alistair Johnson, Carter Vickers, Narofsky, and Taylor. In the, 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 the midfield, I would go Calmack, O'Reilly, and Odin Thiago home. The front three, I would go. Palma on the right, Meda on the left, and O through the middle. Ooh. And my, my score prediction will be 3 0 to Celtic. And look, the reason why I brought Narosky in, right? And we've talked about this a lot. And I think we just need to try it and see what happens. Scales has been fantastic, right? He's been unbelievable, but he's not the answer. We've signed the Polish centre back who costs 4 million plus. And it's about time he gets his opportunity. Larga Belga seems to be, so far at the pitcher, it's unbelievable, even though he scored a winner in the Champions League. We know what Scales going to do. We've seen that now. Give Narosky a run 
in the team to see what he can do. There's quality there when he played the, at the start of the season. He looked good. He looked decent in that position beside Carter Vickers. I just want to see more of him. And it sounds bad me dropping skills, but for me, there's a method behind my madness. I want to see a, a partnership formed up between um, Narosky and, and Carter Vickers to see what that can produce before he gets punted and we don't see him ever again in the Celtics shirt. I just want to see what he can do. That's more curiosity over anything, to be honest with you, Franny. I know. I do kind of get that, Stephen, because I, I, was a, I was a fan of the guy at the start of the season. I think the intention was him to partner CCV. Obviously, circumstances deemed it otherwise. He obviously got injured with Neil Ever, other centre-half, got injured, and the guy that was so far out the picture skills is, came to the fore. And for me, I think it's absolutely madness and idiotic that you're suggesting dropping skills at the team no more. It's well, I mean, he was part of the, he was part of the defense in all three domestic games, mate. He's not, it's, there's I, been mistakes there. You know I mean? so, there's plenty, plenty of war involved in that as well. I just don't course, think you can that Everton Skills has achieved this season and what he's done. Do I think he's the answer? No. But equally, I don't, des- don't think he deserved to drop out of the team. I think I think he was partially to blame for Shanklin's goal. If you actually watch it, he's, he's marking fucking Greg Taylor. He's pulling it. Taylor. in that. So he, he, he looks a wee bit silly name, but no, for me, he's, he's starting them all about it. Maybe if the Rangers game wasn't so round the corner, I would maybe be on your side. Yeah, but I think enough. you need to, for me, I mm. think you keep that centre-half partnership with his skills and see if he at least to buy that game, providing fitness. But for me, I think the more I, I, I think I'm with Gavin, I think we need a convincing victory. Not necessarily, I think, I maybe a wee bit if you... You just huff and puff and get like a one nil. Obviously, the, the victory is the key thing just to get back in one in ways. But I think if it's a, a huff and puff type performance where it's no great and maybe just one below goal, I think again it's not necessarily question marks over Rogers, but you'll be the pressure will be on them. You'll, you'll be looking at going well. What is what's happening? We can't even beat an out of form Livingston team at home and stuff. We're struggling. We're struggling there, but um. I'm going all out and well, I, I've picked a very similar team to you, Stephen. When I went Hart, Johnson, CCV, I've went skills because I'm not, I'm not a fucking idiot like you. Um, oh, oh steady Taylor. on, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Wow, I'm, I'm putting Taylor. Wow, I'm putting Taylor left back. I just think the back, the back four, including the goalkeeper, picked a seldom now. Um, midfield, my midfield's the same as you. I've went Cal Mark or Ireland. I put <laughs> that, him in that there. Was I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> I stay, you'll you'll get to learn that Stephen likes to chuck certain things in there so he can say called it. It's one of the things. No, fun enough shake, Gavin. One, it'll stick eventually, innit? It'll stick eventually. Um, and my my front threes, Maeda and Palmer with Kyle. Going to put Maeda on the left, and my thought process is to to cover Greg Taylor a wee bit because no being informing, I think he covers him well. So I would I would put him in there with Palmer's defensive work. Not that I think we'll be defending a lot, but I would. Play my head in the left, just more, as I say, to cover Taylor, and but more keeping the Rangers game in mind and keeping my head out in the left for that game as well. And, uh, I'm I'm all out. I'm I'm five nil. I'm I'm going back. I'm going back, Stephen. I'm going back. But go big or go home. I'll go big or go home. But that's it for me. I'll, I'll leave you to sort of uh, to clean up, Stephen, with the the body the advert no, card. No. I've started to. It was. And man, Stephen Coulthard that got it right first. Well, right, when I bring up the thing here, right, so the player was Celtic number 22, Glenn Leuvens. 
What a black. What do you think of him, Gavin, as a player? He actually had a more impressive career after he left Celtic to go down to mm-hmm. Cardiff. And I was surprised at how long he was consistent with them for in the Championship. Uh, Did he end up with captain as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took a lot of flack at Celtic. Um, people didn't fancy him. And yeah, he didn't he didn't imbue you with confidence. He, he was no. he was like a, a six and a half. Starfield, wasn't he? <laughs> no, I, I would, no, I disagree. I disagree. I, I'm, I'm what a fucking the, idiot, Franny, like Starfield. <laughs> 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 I um. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't grab my attention. It wasn't shy, yeah. but it definitely wasn't good. Should we, yeah. we say that? Uh, no, no, I get what you're saying. Better option to have a punt at first, even though I'd picked Stefan Bones for the, the advent calendar. He was no one knows player. who that is. No, literally, nobody knows who that is. Ah, well. Ah, well. <laughs> We've got I'll two look. people who got it. He, he didn't I'll even leave. look like a footballer, Stefan Bones. Yeah, I know. Ended up part at first one loan and everything. Mad. Mad. So, so did Paul Pogba's brother, didn't he? That's yeah, Matthias Pogba or something, really. Was he the one with Blackfields? Paul Pogba. Aye. Get... <laughs> so mad. So mad. Saturday, we're like witchcraft in that. Madness. Absolute madness. And on that note, on that note, we'll finish it and we'll we'll wish you a Merry Christmas and we'll be back before the turn of the year for a wee, a wee special thing on the 28th, Stephen. I don't know if you want to kind of yeah, so on the 28th of December, we're going to be doing um, a Quest of Sport uh, special, which Willie has designed, and it looks fantastic. All of us, plus our new members, are, are going to be joining in, obviously, depending on availability. It'll be a cracking night, a few drinks like tonight. I will be on more than water, so <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a tasty one. There'll be two teams, questions, all them types of rounds, and that will be fantastic involved in. And from us at the end of the Celts, we wish everyone... A very happy Christmas with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones, and we hope it all goes well for you. We hope Celtic get the victory um, tomorrow against Livingston. And before I, I, I sign off here, Gavin, have you enjoyed this podcast? And are you looking forward to the, the special next week? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, another other, um, member that I've, 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 I've uh, meant to um, speak to. So, Franny, um, good job uh, doing the hosting Cheers. tonight. Um, you did very Cheers. well. Um by the way, see, the, correct me if I'm wrong, the last Christmas special that you did, am I right in saying that it was the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire format? Yes. I watched you guys do it last year, and I'm like sitting yeah, in, my, in my, my jungle gyms, you know, like glasses on, I'm like, fuck <laughs> yeah, I, I wish we could do that. I wish we could. <laughs> really, really good. It was really, really good. I'm like, well, we can't do it now because we're going to get accused of like, ripping them off. But Aye, no, that's Brilliant, brilliant creativity for you guys being able to do things like that. So I'm looking forward to this one. I'm sure it'll be just as good as last year. Um, but I, I was definitely jealous of you guys last year. So <laughs> I'm glad. But if you can't beat them, join them. And that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we're everybody. Glad to have you. We're glad to have you. 100%, 100%. And on that note, everyone, have a great Christmas. Get drunk, have fun, and we'll see you again the 20th. Hail, hail.